Recording. Good morning. Welcome to Crime Talk BK. We're your hosts, Joanna Perpich and Megan Duffy. Good morning. And it's actually morning this time. (laughs) I was going to say we are recording this in our actual time slot uh, because uh, next week is Christmas. So we were forced to have our shit together. (laughs) And when I say our, I mean mine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just some time off so we can do whatever you need to do uh how have you been um this week was a little quiet after wednesday so that was nice for sure i think they stopped giving me projects they knew i was going to be out next week but also it does slow down during like the next couple of weeks should be relatively quiet because of the holidays yeah um well i just learned that one of my best friends has COVID. Uh, where is she? Is she here? She She's in Dallas. Okay. And uh, it's kind of crazy. So she was supposed to go to a wedding this weekend. And <clears throat> the one of the bride's stipulations was that every person going to the wedding had to get a COVID test. And she had, like, really shrunk down the number of people going. And, like, she disinvited her grandparents. <laughs> Um, they wanted to move the wedding, but the venue was like being horrible to them. 
and they would have lost just a ton of money. So they're strong armed into having it. Uh, But my friend, her only symptom is a stuffy nose and she, she lost her sense of smell. And she probably wouldn't have even thought anything of it, really. Because when you have a stuffy nose and you lose your sense of smell, you're like, it's a cold. No wonder I can't smell anything. I'm sneezing. Um, it's because of the wedding and because the wife <coughs> asked her to take that test. Mm-hmm. And so the wedding was almost turned into a super spreader event. Oh, wow. That's really smart of her, though, to mandate that. Like, yeah. Bring your bring your re- test results to the door. <laughs> I admire that, though, really. I mean, if she's, yeah. she's, she's going to be forced to do it, then, you know, she and doesn't want the, that nasty. Yeah, and, like, the bride sent out, like, a packet about their COVID um, precautions to everybody when she realized she couldn't move the wedding. And I thought that was just very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get married these days uh, pre-shot, then this is probably the way to do it custom masks with the bride and groom's name on it yeah and the date that'd be cute yeah it's the new it's the new wedding favor um but anyway uh so we're i think sending her a care package of christmas cookies nice so that my friend isn't sad oh uh yeah like my family is like very christmas oriented like our neighbor comes over and decorates and it looks like christmas barfed on everything so (laughs) i have friends like that back home i guess if i had a house but a property i might do a little something fun like creepier you know yeah but um since it's just my apartment and I have three cats, there will be no Christmas tree, even though I don't particularly like Christmas. But I love, uh, like, I could customize the tree with, like, ravens and purple lights, and it doesn't have to be Christmas Right, green and... Yeah. Uh, but cats destroy your tree, as we all know. So, no tree. Uh, my partner and I are thinking of getting a cat because we learned that there's this hypoallergenic food that binds with the protein that you're allergic to. Mm-hmm. There's some hypoallergenic cats out there, too. Yeah, we're looking at Siamese cats because, frankly, they're the only hypoallergenic cat that we can afford. Yeah, there's an American Curl and, of course, the off, awfully expensive Sphinx cats. Mm-hmm. But those are super high maintenance. You have to bathe them, like, once a week. I know. That's what the one that, that was the one Ashton wanted. And I'm just like, I don't think I want a cat that feels like human skin. Oh, I would love the little black ones to have like got little goblins running around. I would love it. But also when I'm retired and to have nothing else to do but bathe cats once a week, that'd be fine. But right now, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. I don't think I can deal with it. <laughs> I think they're creepy. Oh, they're so cute. Little aliens. Oh. <laughs> it's like I come over to your apartment when we're both like little old biddies. Mm-hmm. You just have like. Ten of these cats running around, and I'm. <laughs> well, you like it. They're, they're super snuggly. They really are. That's because they're well, cold. I know. Well, I'll get like little sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm I'm 49. I'm not far away from this. <laughs> okay, Megan's retirement plans right mm-hmm. here on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so what have you got for us today? 
Um, I've got some update on New York policies on no-knock warrants. Um, I've got an investigation into the Vice Squad. Oh. And um, I've got... Well, I sent you that thing about that Houston police officer. Yes. I think, I think we should talk about that. Um, yeah, and then I have a very lighthearted update of Stormy Daniels. Oh, cool. How's she mm-hmm. doing? <laughs> She's doing great. We'll save that to the end because it's really short. Uh, yeah, so I also have the Houston police captain who's my new sworn enemy. And then uh, I have some domestic violence. Uh, and then also uh, de Blasio apologizing for how the NYPD treated protesters Unsurprisingly, given that it happened at all, de Blasio's apology was somewhat lacking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that crosses into my Department of Investigation report that I found. So we can, so between the Houston and that, we can like talk about those together. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we start with, uh, we could start with the investigation and with de Blasio's apology. Okay. Um, So the apology came on the heels of this 115-page report that came out this week from the Department of Investigation um, detailing a pattern of excessive force by improperly trained cops who at times escalated conflict um, during the George Floyd protests this summer. Yes. There There were five major points that this report hit on um the first is they collect excuse me they lacked a clearly defined strategy to respond to the large protests and instead defaulted to disorder control tactics and methods without adjustment um they engaged in the overuse of force in particular by employing kettling which is trapping protesters um by surrounding them as officers and then um that signified a failure to calibrate or readdress an appropriate balance of force um, towards public safety or officer safety interests and the rights of protesters to assemble. They, the police department, um, during the bullshit short-lived curfew, which I think was like three days, remember that in June? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, it was inconsistently applied and generated legitimate public concerns about selective and pro- uh, enforcement and um, a lot of the eruptions of violence by police happened when they were trying to clear the streets in those short days. Those were particularly violent days. Yeah. Um, and the NYPD overreacted at times based on flawed information about the nature of the protests, for you instance. Think they overreacted? Like- I mean... We wouldn't be talking about it if they did, if they didn't, right? So the DOI asserted that the mass arrests of protesters in Mott Haven based on police, quote unquote, intelligence about a potential threat by some protesters was disproportionate to the circumstances. And then most officers assigned to protests had zero training on how to respond to such events, even after Commissioner Shea ordered specialized training following the criticism of the initial response. The DOI found the instruction did not focus on de-escalation. Big surprise. Um, so 
uh, another couple of brief things. It um, the DOI found conflicting sources on the total number of protests related arrests. One set of data included demographic information about 2,048 arrests from May 28, day one of the protests through June 11. Overall, whites accounted for 45% of those arrests, followed by 38% of black people, 13% of Hispanics. And most of the charges related to the protests were misdemeanors or violations, but DOI found a racial tilt to the arrest for the most serious of charges, of course. Mm -hmm. Black people accounted for 68% of the 166 felony arrests related to the days of protests. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. The NYPD produced data to the Department of Investigation stating 386 officers were hurt during the protests compared to 108 protesters. Um, DOI noted that many protesters did not even report their injuries, and the Civil Complaint Review Board tallied 248 incidents occurring between May 28th and June 20th that resulted in 1,646 allegations of police misconduct. Most of these allegations involves excessive use of force, and all are subject to pending investigations. That's just a brief summary of the 116-page report. I'm not trying to pull a Bill Barr here. It's online if you want to read it. We only have a limited amount of time to talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the thing that's really irritating about this is this is surprising to absolutely no one. I know. That's the whole fucking thing of what they were protesting in the first place. Yeah. And then, of course, so de Blasio gets the report. And he has a press conference where he, like, issued an apology over the excessive force tactics and mishandling. And uh, basically, the press conference was very, like, generalized. There were no specifics. It felt very mealy-mouthed. Um, so <laughs> one of these quotes that kind of made me laugh was, I read that report and I literally expressed my feelings after I read it. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay. I don't know what that means. Well, all you said was, I'm sorry I didn't do better. Yeah, like, it's just like, we should have had a better strategy. We should have understood some of the realities that were happening, even if they were different, that we need to communicate better. Like, Sorry, Your <laughs> Honor, but don't, you like, don't do you know that there's institutional racism in the NYPD. You know that. You know that they're ill-trained. You know that they use excessive use of force in almost every fucking arrest these days like come on yeah um <laughs> and then i guess one confused reporter asked the question exactly what is it you're apologizing for <laughs> and uh in response he just was like I didn't feel like I did good enough, and that's why I apologized. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> we could have used a more pointed apology, sir. Yeah, you know, or you could have even, like, referenced the report more or talked about, like, reforms. Again, I haven't watched the whole press conference, so maybe he did touch on some of this. Uh, 
but like the disbelief of the reporter writing this article really strongly came through. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. And I mean, it just kind of shows like, I think how far we have to go where it's like the NYPD hates de Blasio because de Blasio is trying to enforce reforms, but then de Blasio can't even apologize. And it's a big mess. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Yeah, I agree. He should have cited the report. He should have cited the lack of training. Um, he should have come up with, you know, some ideas on how we could deal with this. He's also, he's on his way out soon. So maybe he just doesn't care that much. Yeah, but it's just a bad going forward. I mean, I don't. <laughs> mm. I mean, I know that these are like issues that are hard to solve overnight but uh it does make it feel like a lot of what de blasio has been saying before this has just been lip service well you missed the goddamn point you missed the point of the protest yeah jesus christ so anyway that was like an exciting um news to read about it's so bad Anyway, um, you want to talk about, you want to hear about the, um, the halt to undercover sex trade skings? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is on Thursday. This came from ProPublica report. Um, a dozen city officials are calling for the disbandment of the vice squad, which is primary primarily the division that polices the sex trade in the city and somewhat investigations into misconduct allegations against the unit, including withholding of evidence. Mm -hmm. So a group of lawmakers got together. um, They want to stop all undercover operations that aim to arrest sex workers or their clients after ProPublica revealed in one of their investigations that the busts have led to numerous allegations of false arrests, sexual misconduct, and, of course, almost everyone arrested is non-white. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Led by Assemblyman Ron Kim and four other elected leaders, they wrote a letter to City Council and the State Assembly and Senate asking for an oversight hearing to examine the misconduct allegations and um, a separate letter was sent to for the call to end undercover operations. Um, this is uh, Speaker Corey Johnson and New York City public advocate Jemaine Williams, who are very powerful in our local um, politics, said in the letter, It is one of several areas where we can reduce the law enforcement budget without compromising public safety. The squad is ripe for corruption and hasn't kept the people safe, which I believe is true. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ten other city lawmakers have signed up and have expressed support for this. Um, So ProPublic have found that people buying and selling sex are often based entirely on the word of the undercover officer and that exchanges between officers and targets are inconsistently recorded and disclosed. Um, Since 2014, the city has paid more than a million dollars in taxpayer funds to settle false arrest lawsuits 
um, from the vice squad in interviews with current and former officers, overtime pay was a significant driver of these arrests. They need to get rid of, uh, I mean, I don't think that they should get rid of overtime pay, but we over and over again hear about abuses because cops are trying to run the clock. Yeah. Well, I think the city should be the one to sign off on who gets overtime and who doesn't get overtime. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, many of these cops that were interviewed also didn't believe that their their work had any impact on the public safety. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the letter, they expressed alarm over these findings and among other things, they want an independent investigation into the recordings of prostitution and patronizing arrests, which have repeatedly failed to be turned over to the defense attorneys in these prosecutions. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric Adams, the Brooklyn Borough president, and I didn't know he was a former NYPD captain. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, said that he'd be writing to the de- Department of Investigation and that he was asking all district attorneys to review closed cases to determine if rules had been violated, such as the failure to disclose recordings and any other cases where rules have been broken. Um, and those convictions should be vacated his honor the mayor said he's reviewing proposed reforms um and the nypd did not respond to requests for comment to ProPublica. um so yeah oh further uh it was reported that in 2018 the legal aid society asked the inspector general to investigate false arrest allegations by an active officer and vice veteran known only as undercover 157. Um, Three lawmakers described the vice unit as a traditional hotbed of corruption, citing the arrest of a former detective who was running a prostitution ring, which we covered Mm -hmm. like a year and a half ago. Um, The death of a sex worker during a vice raid and accusations against another officer who allegedly participated in sex acts with people he had arrested. Yeah. Um, The Department of Investigation, again, says it is aware of these matters and is looking into um, is ongoing in their department. And let's see what else. Um, Oh, the... Uh, so the Legal Aid Society and the Brooklyn De- Defender Services both issued calls for reform following this ProPublica report um, in a press release yesterday. Lee Latimer, who's a supervising attorney of the Exploitation Intervention Project at Legal Aid, said, quote, it's time for the NYP to, NYPD to acknowledge that vice officers engage in unethical and sometimes illegal behavior and to ensure that those officers are held accountable for the harm they cause, end quote. Um, And further stated, having a squad of police officers whose job it is to go undercover, buy or sell sex under false pretenses on a regular basis, record themselves surreptitiously, and then leverage their recordings and relationships largely against low-income people of color New Yorkers is a recipe for abuse. It's time to end it. So that's so we put it that way <laughs> when you put it that way. Um, yeah, so that's happening. Um, I totally agree. I don't think we should be funding the vice squad. I think we should just, you know, look at um, 
the sex laws on the books and readjust those. And if it's two consenting adults trading money for sex, then I don't really see what the issue is. Um, main, most often, too, you're persecuting the sex worker, not the John, mm-hmm. which is also unfair. I've got a lot of issues with sex work crimes. Yeah, well, and especially since, um, like, sex workers want to be safe. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, God it, damn it, let them unionize if that's what they want. Yeah, well, I mean... Making it illegal makes it unnecessarily unsafe mm-hmm. for for them. Right. Uh, I just uh, I hate everything about <laughs> about that. I know. Uh, but ProPublica is such a great um, news source. I love ProPublica. I live for them. They're so thorough and. Uh, you hear a lot of people being like, wow, biased news, but ProPublica is too dry. It's to way too dry. Yeah. Also, there are a couple of other articles up on their website related to this exact topic. So I, I advise everybody to go take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for um, covering that. I didn't see that in the news during in my research. So I saw it yesterday when I was looking at ProPublica, I was like, ooh, this is perfect. Perfect like for our this show. this episode is themed like Corrupt Cop Show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's move on to Houston. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say, so my hometown is in the national news for something that is not great. It's box. Um, it's box. <laughs> I know. It's, it's really wild on, like, multiple levels. So, uh, a former Houston police captain um, was accused of pulling a gun out on a air conditioning repairman. Well, he was accused of like stalking the repairman, then pulling a gun out on him mm-hmm. and like throwing him to the ground and doing all this stuff, screaming in this guy's face uh, because he thought that this repairman was part of this really like deep state whatever um voter corruption scheme mm-hmm. and nothing about this story makes sense like it just doesn't but anyway um so mark aguire is how i'm choosing to pronounce this yep uh was uh a former houston police captain who did all this bullshit he was hired um, by a, um, like, a, I would call extremist right activist group uh, that was uh, run by um, Steve Holtz, Stephen H- Holtz, Stephen Holtz. <laughs> well, the group is called Liberty Center for God and Country. So I don't think it's any left leaning shit. <laughs> no. Mm. And mm-hmm. so Holtz and the organization um, paid um, Aguirre. $266,000 as basically like a private investigator uh, to see if there was any voter fraud in Harris County, which is Houston. Mm-hmm. And um, Harris County is uh, traditionally pretty blue for Texas. But the thing that really gets me about this is I don't understand why you would be investigating voter fraud in Texas, like strategically. Because 
Texas went for Trump. And not yeah. only that, but also, like, the Texas House is also still in the Republican favor. So there won't be, um, like, redistricting or anything like that. Like, the status quo kind of stayed the same. Well, I yes, but prior to the election, there was some speculation that Texas was edging towards purple, at least purple, right? Sure. And I mean, I think that Texas is, but it's kind of like, I just don't know what Hoots is playing at. It's like, I mean, I personally think that these like lawsuits about Georgia are like severely misguided and threatening democracy, but like I can see strategically what's going on there. Whereas them going after like Harris County's elections just struck me as like weird. And I don't really understand what he's trying to do with this. Well, the webpage Liberty Center's Facebook page (laughs) says the group's objective is to quote, provide the bold and courageous leadership necessary to restore our nation to its godly heritage by following the strategy that our pilgrim forefathers gave us, which is to love God and to place our hope and faith in the God of the Bible. It sounds like a cold. Liberty under law is the result of this strategy, which will ultimately defeat tyranny and result in a strong, peaceful, and prosperous nation. That's what it says. Ew. Yeah. So, so that means we're bringing back slavery. We're taking the right, the right of you know voting away from anybody else who's not an old white dude. Or at least separation of church <laughs> and state. It's important. That's why our country was founded. Yes, sir. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like you see those memes where people are like, the point, you missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so going back to Aguirre, um, he, I don't know why he was targeting this guy, but he had some sort of like intel or whatever that this dude had um, like 750,000 fake ballots in his truck. Yeah, that's what he said. Like, hey. And uh, so he spent four days surveilling the air conditioner tech um, with the help of at least two other people who are so far unidentified. Um, He later told authorities that he believed the technician was behind this, like, huge voter fraud scheme in the Houston area, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I guess, like, Aguirre had enough. Mm -hmm. And so he uh, runs his SUV in the back of this technician's truck. To get the man to stop. And then when the man gets out and is like, what the fuck? He pulls a gun out on the technician and forces him to the ground. And I guess tries to do... It doesn't say that he tried to do a citizen's arrest, but it's kind of like what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, And then uh, one of the people that Aguirre was with stole the truck after searching it and just like took off with it and then abandoned the truck a few blocks away. Uh, So in case anyone's wondering, there were no ballots in the truck. (laughs) There were no ballots. There were no ballots. Uh, It was filled with air conditioning parts and tools. Good Lord. (laughs) Good fucking Lord. I don't understand what's happening anymore. Like people have lost their damn minds. I know. Like I do not. This is like insane to me. I gotta wonder. 
part of me wonders if cults like this hoaxes organization find these people that are that demonstrate a little bit of mental instability and give them something to run with yeah it's like i feel like so much of this is happening because of social media you know where it's like you can very clearly see who is biting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um but it's like this is like the world's worst vigilantism at play this is like not batman i mean if it i mean if it wasn't so tragic i would be laughing my ass off because it's absurd it's also um this could have very easily become deadly yeah yeah you know? so I hope, I hope that poor guy sues this organization for sure, and I think Aguirre needs to be convicted of, sounds like, several crimes. Several crimes. I would say there would be kidnapping, false arrest, terrorist threats. Come on. Um, yeah, I mean, like, he had put his hands on this guy. Mm-hmm. Threatened um, him with a gun. Yeah, so something else is I think we should talk about Stephen Holtz. Because he is not great. <laughs> I want to look and see what he looks like. He, uh, as we covered extensively in the lead up to the election, um, unsuccessfully sued to have um, almost 120,000 ballots in Harris County tossed out this year. Um, and this is going back to uh, Harris County had uh, like drive through polling stations. Mm-hmm. And um, so Oates is the guy who was appealing to all of these judges uh, to disenfranchise these people. Why do they all look like this? <laughs> Tell me what he looks like, Megan. Okay, so... Oh, I'm not a subscriber to the Houston Chronicle. God damn it. Oh, yeah, they um, have paywall. Texas Tribune is much better. All right, one second. Um, oh, here's one from Vice Magazine. He's uh, he's bald. He's thin. He's white. He's got a sagging chin. He's also got a law degree, which which <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, he's just very generically like old white guy. Oh. Get off my lawn. Here's oh, so this this is Vice magazine. It says Steve Hodes is a physician who got rich by hawking alternative treatments for postpartum depression, aging thyroid problems. And even COVID at his chain of Texas wellness centers. That's so gross. Yeah. That's really this guy? Oh, my God. Yep. That's him. <sighs> cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so st- gross. He lives in the same um, suburb that my parents live in. Oh, nice. Maybe you'll see him walking his dog. Um, he started his right-wing activism in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So the Wikipedia page has him, has an entire paragraph about how concerned he is about anal sex. Yeah, he is a, obviously a fierce uh, anti-gay LGBT person. Um, he said some choice words about those folks 
back then, which I will not repeat. Um, oh yeah, so during the pandemic, he used this opportunity to advertise his vitamins, which said he could protect you from coronavirus, which I think Alex Jones was hawking on his bullshit fucking show a while ago. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, he sued Texas over their contact tracing program. Oh, yay. Um, uh, yeah, so Stephen Hotz is not great. Um, he, uh, in addition to taking advantage of a pandemic, which I think that you're a horrible person if you do, uh, yeah, he tried really hard to make sure to make it hard for people to vote. And um, he also left a, uh, I would say, deranged voicemail to Greg Abbott's staff uh, during the George Floyd protests uh, where he uh, said that the protesters should be shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he said a lot of things. Um, um, yeah. Mm hmm. So if you're wondering who you should be scared of in the United States, if it's, you know, like a black jogger or nope. Stephen Hotz, <laughs> you should be, be Stephen Hotz. Oh, he has his own radio show. How lovely. We should call in. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll call in on my day off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite there yet in my um, political activism. His his fucking physician's license should be repealed. God damn it. Um, anyway, yeah. Fuck that guy. I think that's today's theme. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so I'm going to call the show when I edit. Um, what else you got? I think that's your turn. Is it my turn? Oh, let's, uh, we'll cover the no knocks quickly because the other one I have is short. Um, so the police shooting in Louisville of Breonna Taylor back in March, if you don't know what happened, the police issued a no-knock warrant and they um, busted into the house shooting and killed Breonna and her boyfriend was arrested for shooting at the officers trying to defend his house um, or her house. I don't know if they were officially living together, but he was staying the night for sure. So um, New York City officials... Senators James Sanders of Queens, Brian Benjamin of Manhattan and Brooklyn, and Manhattan Assembly member Daniel O'Donnell announced new legislation Thursday that would curb the use of no-knock warrants and further regulate how police officers conduct raids in the city. Uh, uh, Brianna's mom, Tamika Palmer, is in, fully support, in full support of this, and um, it's not going to necessarily eliminate no-knocks, in New York altogether, but it would restrict or prevent the kind of tactics that they use down in Louisville. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, it also revives a 20-year effort to reform to reform search warrant operations following there was a 2003 death in Harlem of Alberta Spurl who suffered a heart attack on a raid mm -hmm. of her apartment. Um, of course, again, this, one of their studies says the no-knock warrants are disproportionately executed on often black and brown people. The bill uh, essentially would limit police departments across the state um, to use no-knock warrants solely 
um, with conclusive evidence that human life is in jeopardy. And in advance, it mandates that officers obtain in a, the age, gender, and known disabilities of all occupants of the residence. All officers must be in uniform and um, they can't use any flashbang grenades, no tear gas, and they need to wait 30 seconds to between um, they, need to, they need 30 seconds between each knock. doesn't say how many knocks, but then they need to wait at least 30 seconds for a response to the knock at the door, depending, particularly depending on what time of day it is. Usually they do these things in the middle of the night. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think 30 seconds is long enough because it would take me longer than that to realize something was actually happening at my front door if I was sleeping. Like wake up? Yeah. Um, part of this... They're also required to make audio and video footage of each warrant execution available for independent oversight, as we all know that they um, absolutely refuse to give up if there was any video footage mm -hmm. uh, um, at the Breonna Taylor killing. And part of the study also said that um, police departments across the country executed 60,000 no-knock warrants every year wow and that's um that's a, like sixty thousand opportunities for something to go very very wrong yeah yeah and this is up from i think the mid 80s was the number was three thousand and that was mostly during like the crack epidemic if you mm -hmm. think about it mm -hmm. and like major drugs like the cocaine that was coming into this country and all that shit was usually yeah. Really to that shit. So, so that's happening. Well, and also crimes going down. That's the thing that really like freaks me out about a lot of these crime statistics is is that we have significantly less crime than we used to, uh, but we also have this like so many more like no knock warrants. Yeah, you know. Well, well, I know people are like crime is up. You know, crime is up tremendously. I mean, it is, but it's still lower now than it was when Rudy Giuliani was mayor. So let's just keep that in mind. For sure. <sighs> well, uh, I have a um, <clears throat> kind of a sad one. Mm. Uh, so this um, man, Milton Bolton, age 39, uh, was arrested for, uh, well, allegedly, I guess, Murdering um, his Staten Island girlfriend, Natasha Colon, uh, who was discovered unconscious inside her apartment. Um, she was found at around 8.45 p.m. on Tuesday and was rushed to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. Mm. And um, there aren't really, there just isn't very much information yet. And I'm not even sure if there will be since this isn't high profile. And it seems like in general... Uh, these types of stories just come off the police blotter and then the cops don't really release too much information or the reporters don't follow up. Right. Um, but this was domestic violence. And I feel like we talk a lot about domestic violence on the show and crimes against women, crimes against just vulnerable people. And uh, I think it's important for people to realize that this can happen to them. Even, you know, I think it's like easy to say, like, I would never find myself in that relationship. 
Oh, don't ever say never. Yeah. Don't ever say never. And I actually, I'm getting really into Reddit. <laughs> but one of the subreddits that I'm on is called Am I the Asshole? I love that one. Yeah. It's the only reason I'm on Reddit. And so for, for those who don't know, Am I the Asshole allows people to ask a question and say something like, I was in this type of argument and these things happened. Uh, was I the asshole? And then the commenters can say, either say, yes, you're the asshole. No, you're not the asshole. Everybody's terrible. Nobody's terrible, you know. Right. And uh, I've noticed like a pattern is that there's a lot of people posting who are describing incredibly toxic relationships where they've just been like gaslit and they think that they were the ones that did something bad. There was a recent one about this woman who's boyfriend um she was trying to leave his apartment because they got into an argument and he punched a door like really hard and is like screaming at her Uh, and she's like am i the asshole for making him that mad it's just like no girl no and uh yeah so i just wanted to like spend a minute on the podcast just you know like there's a lot of people who are unfortunately in these positions and we need to be gentle with the victims and the survivors and it's not their fault. And um, I wanted to provide the um, domestic violence hotline for people in New York mm-hmm. City. Yes, please. Um, they can help connect you to resources. Or if you suspect that someone is in a situation... Um, you can call the hotline too and they'll give you some advice about how to approach it because it is like very tricky and very dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> so it's very dangerous. It's 1-800-621-HOPE. Again, that's 1-800-621-HOPE. Okay. That's my um, PSA. <laughs> okay. Well, I've always, you know, like since this whole pandemic started, people are locked up and, you know, they're all locked up together in their homes and I just wonder what kind of reports we're going to see when it's all over, like what kind of escalations and domestic violence we're going to end up seeing when I've already seen articles where people have been concerned because yeah. they're being, yeah, as you're saying, they're being forced to live with people that they normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course, um, like unemployment and poverty Mm-hmm. things like this to spike because people are financially dependent on oh, toxic relationships yeah shit is i mean people are in desperate times right now yeah uh hope that stimulus package comes through fuck mitch mcconnell and his whole crew i hope they all rot i hate everybody in the yeah. current gop rendition of whatever the fuck that is it's just a cult of personality i can't with any of them mm. oh so uh oh i forgot to cover jim jordan this week i'll do that after christmas okay um so you want a little happy note yes please okay so the first thing i found today um the trump plaza casino has been a deteriorating eyesore in atlantic city for years and um, the city is offering you the opportunity to bring it down with your own bare hands. So um, 
Bodner's auction site, sponsored by the city, says they are selling the experience to push the button to implode the Trump Plaza. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the city is uh, collecting bids for the building's planned implosion on January 29th, nine days after President Trump's term closes. Um, it will be done remotely and can be done anywhere in the world, as well as close to the plaza if you decide you want to go. All the proceeds from the auction will be benefit the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City, a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing services for the city's youth and teens. Stormy Daniels has started a GoFundMe to win the bid. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's amazing. Isn't that great? Part of me wants to chip in five bucks. I mean, I've always been Team Stormy. Everybody knows it. So, mm-hmm. I guess it goes to the Boys and Girls Club. So it does. I even like it's going to her. It's not going to her. It's going her to help her win the bid, and then all the money goes to the Boys and Girls Club. So I can totally get behind it. Oh, that's funny. I did see like a headline about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, I hope that I'm never such a hated public figure that people want to blow up the thing I built. <laughs> well, it's been sitting there empty. It's been a you know like he single-handedly destroyed Atlantic City on his own, Donald Trump. It is no surprise our country is in the place it is in because all of us in New York and New Jersey knew exactly how he ran his fucking businesses. Thanks yeah. to that. How about that billion dollars he stole from all those people? That's great. So there's a couple of other places that have you know he sold them off. He sold off his interests, changed hands. They took the Trump name off of them. This thing has been standing there empty for a long time, and they want mm-hmm. to get rid of it. So, Oh, for sure. It was probably would have been demolished anyway. But I, I wonder what the meeting was like when someone suggested that they auction off the honor. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's not yep. quite where my mind always goes, which is also probably why I'm not in PR. I know. That's a genius PR stunt, though. <laughs> to raise money for your boys and local boys and girls charity, too. Brilliant. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, I think that that's most of what, that's basically all that I have. Um, it does seem. So, what's going on with the New York Post? What do you mean? Um, all right. So, I usually use the New York Post and the Daily News as um, my two main sources mm-hmm. uh, when I'm prepping the show just because they have a very robust um, metro crime section. Yes. But then, and I know that they're both like tabloids and they both have a lot of fun with bad puns and they're very gossipy and mm-hmm. whatever, I don't care. Uh but I feel like there's some sort of like weird internal struggle going on at the New York Post because I feel like um, more and more recently they've been publishing articles that are kind of bizarre. Um, like I don't think that they did a very good job in their coverage of Hunter Biden. Uh, well, and that's usually right up their alley. Yeah, and it's like I'm not like – Opposed to them covering something from any candidate or any candidate's family that is newsworthy. But it seemed like, at least in the Hunter Biden case, it's like the Wall Street Journal, I think, 
might have passed on that story. Or yeah. it was yeah. like there were like a lot of um, outlets that were expressing skepticism in some of the documents that were being provided, and the New York Post like really jumped on it. And so it feels like half the time the New York Post articles are fairly partisan. And then the other half the time is their, like, standard coverage, which, if anything, I thought leaned a little left. And so it is just kind of, like, bizarre. And I guess it makes me more skeptical of some of the stories that they're doing, especially about, um, like, police and, like, gun violence in New York. Yeah. Because no, between the lines, you can sort of tell. I don't know if maybe it's like one editor or something. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I do like their. I do usually look at them, but then I'll go somewhere else to sort of get more detail or see if I can figure out like what's been reported in other places. Um, I have no idea what the hell's going on there. <laughs> but I was just, I guess, noticing it more today because. Um, there, there have been like a bunch of articles about uh, gun violence in New York City that I didn't really want to cover until I've had more of a chance to look into what exactly is happening. And part of that is just because something about the story seemed a little yeah. off. Well, I know, um, I, you know, it's just like any other newspaper, they're having a hard time staying afloat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, I know a lot of great reporters who either work or have worked there. Yeah. So I don't think it's them. No, their city and Metro desk and crime desk are, the, are some, they've got some really good reporters that have come out of there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I have no clue. Well, anyway. Um, but I think that's all I have for today. Is there anything else? Any last comments? No. Oh, have everybody. I hope everybody has a, a nice Christmas and um, happy new year. Uh, I think our next show would be airing on New Year's Day. Wait, really? I think so. I have to look this up. Is it really going to be that long? Wow, you're right. Yeah. So we'll be airing on New Year's Day. January 2nd. Oh, New Year's Day is the first, is Friday. So we're going to be recording incredibly tipsy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Flo, you're not helping. Um, All right. Well, uh, with that, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Crime Talk PK. We hope that you have a really wonderful holiday. Stay safe. Later days. Christmas time There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time